at your desk, on your phone, in the car. It's a show specifically for you, Sacramento. Hey, look who's here. It's Chris Watkins. Whitey. You got a new song out of this anyway. Hoops, I did it again. So that's... Right. Hello? No. Nope. No. Nope. Watkins. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I don't want to be the wet blanket on everybody. It's Whitey and Watkins, and it starts. Hurry up! No. No. Welcome no. back, Chris Watkins. No. Well, you were on the air yesterday, too. So. Yeah, but, you know, it's not It's not the home floor. You know, it's good to be... Uh, it's going to be playing a home game again. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. No, you were rocking and rolling yesterday. Bringing it, bringing yeah. the heat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bringing the heat, bringing the phlegm, all of it. It was, uh, it was, I was in full force yesterday, just butchering names. It was, uh, it was really, actually really fun. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad, glad to be back in the, uh, in the midday slot now. Yeah. Glad to be back with you on such a big day. I know huge. yesterday was a big day because it was Emmy's birthday. Huge. Exactly. Emmy from our chat, who's a huge Sasha Vazenkov fan. The biggest. Today, a huge day because Sasha Vazenkov is expected is scheduled to meet with the Sacramento media officially for the first time. Can't wait. What a day. Yeah, what a day. Yeah, it's the day that uh, a lot of people, not just Emmy, but tons of people have been waiting for. Sasha is officially here, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to hear him actually talk about the Sacramento Kings. I feel like we've been, you know, hearing him talk around the Kings, but actually, like, hearing him uh, in this environment and, and what's exciting him most for this season. I just can't wait. Really can't wait. What do you think, maybe this is a... Um kind of a backwards way to look at it. What do you think is the best thing we could hear from Sasha today? Or one of the good things, if you're a Kings fan, what would you hear from Sasha today that would make you feel like, yes! Probably just like a level of excitement to play with Demonis Sabonis or play off of Demonis Sabonis. Like him having some form of of reference point to uh, the the type of style that that Sabonis plays and just being excited to to kind of play off of him and if if he can throw in a oh I watched how Keegan and him had some chemistry last year and I really th- can see myself fitting I perfectly agree. in that role I mean that's that's like you know you're you're giving us catnip at that point we're just going to we're going to roll around like pigs in poop with that yeah, one you know cuz we're so excited about the team, so excited to have him here, and if he genuinely seems excited, yeah, then it's like yes, 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 exactly, yeah. It's like we're matching energies here because yeah, I mean the the level of excitement. I was talking about it with Gary Sharp yesterday. Like the level of excitement, I think here in Sacramento is really palpable. I think you can feel it. People just everybody is talking about Sasha. He's really the the big crowning, uh, you know, addition from to this team from this offseason. And, you know, I, I think that that's really the guy that a lot of people point to as how are the Kings going to be a better team than they were last year? I think it's if Sasha can be a really big impact player. Saw something really interesting. I know you and I talked about it before the show, like to share it with the audience now. Perhaps you've already seen this. I know that uh, Dave and Katie were talking about Mark Cuban being on the um, the Patrick Beverly Patrick, Gangster yeah. podcast. Yeah, that's that's gangster. That's, that's gangster. So gangsta. And they were talking about you know player smoking and and how teams have to deal with that. Um, as fascinating as that was, it was pretty interesting. This really stood out to me. You had Mark Cuban talking about how badly he wanted to trade up and how badly the Mavs wanted to trade up in the 2020 draft so that they could take. Tyrese Halliburton. Wow. And just think yeah. how differently things would look now for the Kings Man. if Tyrese Halliburton had ended up in Dallas. I know. What a sliding doors moment that is. I mean, like, the Kings don't end up with Demonis Sabonis at that point. They obviously wouldn't have ever had Tyrese Halliburton. Who knows? I mean, we we could be talking about, what would this be, year 
It's so glad. It's so great not to have to know. But w- this would have been year eighteen, wow. I think, entering uh, a playoff drought. That could have been a very real possibility if the Kings never drafted Tyrese. They obviously could have uh, not gotten the the assets necessary to to acquire a talent like Sabonis. So. Apparently, Rick Carlisle saw it coming. He was then the coach of the Mavs, and he was pushing the Mavericks organization to move up and draft Tyrese Halliburton. That has been reported before, and Mark Cuban confirmed it yesterday. Wow. And apparently Dallas uh, offered, uh, let's see, what's amazing is the offer Dallas made to New York to try to get their number eight pick in 2020. So they want to move up to eight, take Halliburton. So Jalen Brunson, the number 18 overall pick, which became Josh Green, and the number 31 pick. And New York said, wow. yeah. And they used the number eight pick on Obi Toppin. <laughs> Ooh. And now, now I believe it's our teammates. He's, he's playing with Tyrese, yeah. exactly, in Indiana now. So uh, that's that's like incredibly interesting because, I mean, obviously New York could have just had Jalen Brunson a season before. It was, you know, of course, before that really big breakout season he had with, you know, his playoff performance when Luka was down in Dallas. But that that's incredibly interesting. And just again, like what a, what a sliding doors moment, not just for the Kings, but really for the entire NBA, like how – how different that shakes out if if Luca in freaking Kyrie Irving then probably isn't in Dallas now. It, it's it's really interesting how different things could have gone. Just you know, just if if that trade would have been accepted. Yeah, and Toppin not only is Toppin teammates with Halliburton in Indiana, Carlisle is their coach. Their coach, right? Yeah, and Brunson and Halliburton are teammates on Team USA. Wow, wow, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, that that's that's just. That's that's so weird. I mean that that is, it's it's weird how you know yeah it just kind of all comes together and it, it is one of the mysteries looking at that draft because I was yeah. what do I know but I thought Halliburton was really good and the fact that he dropped where he did with the Kings I don't understand it and now it, no. it seems even less sensible as you look right. at what the players most of them drafted ahead of him did it doesn't make any sense but thank goodness it worked out yeah this it, way. it doesn't really make sense it, if if i had to attribute it to anything i would guess it was it was that covid season so maybe people were you know a little bit off on their scouting and having to rely a little bit more on you know conversations as opposed to actually you know watching these guys in the tournament which didn't even happen that season so uh you know there's there's a lot of excuses for why it didn't happen but you know the fact that Tyrese Halliburton fell to 12 I think even in the moment seemed like just something that shouldn't have happened and what it, yeah, the Kings yeah. definitely benefited from it definitely what excites you the most about the prospect of Vizinkov coming Ooh. here I mean I I want to say the shooting but I I you know the Kings almost have a surplus of shooting I would guess it's just the excitement that again like he could possibly take this team to another level. Like, and that's, I think that's like high end. If this thing goes as good as possible, he can be a huge addition, but he could be, I'm with you. That is exciting. It could happen. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. And you can't say that about everybody. Like I don't, Chris Duarte, if he's as good as he possibly can be, I don't know if he's taking this team to another level. But right. Sasha, if he averages twelve a game off the bench, you're like, yeah, that's great. But like Sasha has potential, real like real potential. Maybe not in year one, but two, three to be like a 17, 18 point per game scorer again if things go really well and and to just kind of find that via a second round pick trading for him and kind of just finding gold like that. I mean. It it would be massive. I mean, I just think of, you know, when Bogdan Bogdanovich came over to the Kings a couple years ago, just like what a big addition that was. He was instantly, you know, one of the Kings' best players. And if they can kind of have, again, just a massive influx of talent like that out of nowhere, 
that's that's the kind of thing that could really cement the Kings as a top three or four seed in the Western Conference for years to come. It's great roster management yeah. if it works out. And he's not getting paid anything. Like, I mean, relatively, like, right. he's getting paid what Trey Lyles is getting paid, around $8 million per year. And again, if he can be a 16, 17, even a 14-point-per-game scorer, like, that's that's a great value that you can have for the next three years. And, and he's just a really smart player, somebody who's been in professional basketball a long time. So you just kind of hope and, and figure that he's going to be a seamless fit and just a really – additive piece to this roster and of course the defensive questions are are I think always going to be there but if he can be a big enough impact on the offensive end I, I just think that it, again it could take this team to it a could. level that we haven't I, seen I don't yet. think that's unrealistic yeah. it could you know you know it's, it's the NBA probably it won't probably right. it won't be there's transformational a for a million year reasons, one yeah. but there's a there's a possibility of that I know that the collective bargaining agreement makes it more difficult for big market teams from here going forward to assemble a bunch of superstar teams because there's you know you can you can't really have three max contracts on one team now. That said, I think it's always been true and remains true that if you're a smaller market team, you got to be just really shrewd in how you put your team together. Right. And I think Sacramento, since Monty McNair has come come here, I think he's done a great job of pivoting more in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Getting those value guys and, and you know. He's like, not worried about, I'm going to go get Rudy Gay or right. whoever. Yeah. Big splashes. Absolutely. Again, like Monty said before, he's not interested in winning headlines. If he was, he probably wouldn't have made the the Halliburton trade. He's he's into getting value and he's, he's into getting really good basketball players and that's what really matters. Matters. He's not going star chasing. He's not in these, you know, James Harden conversations, which the Kings probably would have jumped at a couple oh, yeah. years ago. There were when um, right after the sale, it seemed like every time a player, a big name player or close to it mm-hmm. was available, there were reports that the Kings were in on them. Right. I mean, Absolutely. even LeBron is like, oh, my yeah. goodness, stop. <laughs> it's like they felt like yeah. well, we've got to <laughs> let it be known that we're interested. Yeah. And now it's a whole different approach and yeah. obviously much more efficient and effective. But, you know, uh, you'll learn over the years. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, they were some really tough lessons along the road. But, yeah, I, I think eventually the Kings ended up getting the right guy, Monty McNair, who, who again, is just he's not interested in winning the, the headlines. He's trying to build a basketball team. He, he really does seem to really pay attention to how is this move going to impact the entire roster. It's not just about, again, adding stars. Like bringing in Malik Monk might have been like the biggest swing, but even that, again, he has connections with De'Aaron Fox. He accepts his role as a sixth man. It's a low-risk, high-reward move, and, you know, moves like that or the Kevin Herter trade, those are all moves that have led to the Kings being successful. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's not, let's bring in this star or superstar, right. and we'll figure out how we're going to fit everything right. around. Let's not be top-heavy and, you know, hope that exactly like a star, De'Aaron Fox can just take us all the way. They're really trying to build, I mean, again, I think that they're one of the deepest teams in the NBA NBA this year and I I think that that's just a testament to how Monty wants to build this team is not just top heavy stars he's really trying to hedge his bets as as best as humanly possible and the Kings are going to need something from all these new guys I think the bench is going to be better perhaps it'll be a lot better but it'll need to be because it's one thing to have the type of year they had last year and it's great and we still celebrate it we'll always remember it but then to do it again to back it up with another year it's really hard because everybody is trying to get better in the offseason everybody yeah everybody and you're not sneaking up on anybody anymore right. you know like probably for the first half of last year there was a bit of okay like yeah the kings are, are a fun story but 
Come on, they're still the Kings. They're not one of the best teams in the I Western Conference. I do think Conference. that's one reason why they had such a good road record. Could be wrong, but I yeah. think a lot they rolled in there and a lot of teams that eh, exactly take the night We're off. We're at home. Yeah. We don't we don't need to really, you know, exert any extra effort and the Kings would come in and, and punk them. Absolutely. They would come in and try and make a statement and I think You've been continental. They've been continental. They, they, Brother. They, you just got <laughs> continental, son. <laughs> it, it was it was I, it was a really great thing to see them really take uh, you know, take pride in their road record last year. You just hope that this year they can continue that, but also actually have success at home. I mean, one of the best, if not the best home environment in the NBA, they were in terms of league, like they were average. They were about league average at home. And and if Another they want to be great, I mean, they have to be like the Warriors were last year. I mean, look at the Warriors home and road splits. Their home record essentially saved their season. Just being able to protect home floor was huge. Now, here's another thing. I, I don't know that I'd say this on the air, but between okay. you and I, yeah, the yeah. more I think about it space. and the more it's obvious that the Kings really need any kind of help defensively that they can get, I think JaVale McGee, if they pursue him and get him, I think he could help. I really, yeah, I, I agree with you, and I'm sure we'll get into it a bit later, but I, I definitely think, like, it just as a rim protector, and, you know, the, the great thing about all of these guys that the Kings have brought in, the Nerlens, and, and I, I'm not really going to factor in Scal, but especially if they bring in JaVale as well, those are two guys who know their role. Like, they're not going to expect to play 20-plus minutes a night. They kind of know what it is at that point. They're going to play 10 to 15 minutes a night, and your real goal, like you said, is just play defense, protect the rim, because that's what this team needs you to do. They don't need you to really contribute on the offensive end. It's really just protect being a goalie. That's, Except, that's yeah, really what offense, this team needs. You stand needs. there, and then Malik or De'Aaron Fox – Breaks down the defense, and yep. then you just catch the ball and dunk it. Yep, stand in that dunker yeah. spot. Be a Ben Can Simmons. Can you do that three times a game? Sure. Great. Yeah. That's, that's what they I, need. I was, of course, you weren't here yesterday because you were on in the afternoon. I was pretty skeptical when I first heard about JaVale McGee. I was like, mm. mm-hmm. but the more I think about it, I'm warming up to it. Yeah, I like the idea. I'm just not sure, and this is something me and Gary Sharp talked about yesterday. I, I'm just not sure how legitimate of a rumor it is. It kind of it feels a little Dwight 2.0 to me because at this point, like, all right, how many how many centers are the Kings really going to sign? Well, Mike Brown coached him, and he sure. used to play for the Warriors. So you know, right. Vivek's like, "What? Somebody exactly. play for the Warriors? <laughs> hey, won a championship? We, Wait, was it <laughs> yes. was a good culture piece for the Warriors? Like, yes. oh, uh, sign me up. Where do I sign? Absolutely. So, I mean, there's, there's connections. Be some there. interest. There's connections there for sure. But also, I mean, the main reason why I truly think that it could just be a rumor from from an agent is. The Kings have been really tight-lipped. I mean, we have ne- – I, I can't – even, like, with Harrison Barnes re-signing. We That's didn't, a great point. We didn't hear, like – the Kings have interest, and it was – it's all been from everybody else. It's been from outside sources. It doesn't feel like any of the calls are coming from inside the house. And so, just the fact that the reporting was they have interest in him. I mean, we didn't hear anything about Scal. We didn't hear anything That's about Nerlens leading into mm-hmm. it. Yeah. All right, so I won't get too excited about it, but a big day for Kings fans. Coming up next year, what is going on with the 49ers? Yesterday, uh, we have more Bosa drama. Then we have Kyle answering Jimmy, and you got the kicker drama. Why so much drama for a team that actually hasn't won anything yet? That's next year with Whitey and Watkins. Reunited and it feels well, you know. so good. Next year, uh, right back with that on Sacktown Sports.
Check out Whitey and Watkins now on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and watch the show from your desk. Speaking of watching on YouTube, and I got a kind of a bright shirt on today. Chris yeah. Watkins, Christopher Lodge, you know why I'm wearing this shirt today? Uh, Yellow shirt. Because I am the sun. That's... <laughs> I'm kidding. I thought it had something to do with the A's, no, maybe. No, 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 no. I don't know. That's a that's our favorite LeBronism. It is. I am the I sun. am the sun. There was an audio. We didn't like. There was an audio of that. Was I think I know. I, I like think on it was the a show tweet. we read like, it. Or, yeah. or like an Instagram post or something. Yeah, it was yeah, something, something like this. Like like social oh, media. Oh, it was an Instagram post. Yeah, it was like in his caption on Instagram. Just yeah. I mean, again, I I, I love LeBron James. Uh, he's had a great career, phenomenal career. He's your guy. He's my guy. He's my guy. LeBron is my guy. But. Uh, but I cannot co-sign that statement. That is, that is like by far like that's that's almost like a, a meme of narcissism. Like you can't actually say that with a straight face, <laughs> even if you are LeBron James and like the world does kind of revolve around you a good amount of the time. Like to actually say that or put it on a on on a post, a hard right. post like that's that's kind of that's one of those insane. everyone looks, puts their heads in. Yeah, well, you know it's, it's LeBron. So, exactly. Yeah. It's like who's who's going to tell him? Uh, you know, Twitter now being X. Yeah. Twitter, someone tweets something. So if it's on X, what is what's the verb? I believe they call it X's, right? I think this was so like a X'd, thing. I X. Here's what I X'd today. I believe so. I, I'm pretty sure they just changed. Like Christopher Lodge usually knows this stuff, and he's awfully man, quiet. I don't. I don't know. I know if he re. It's not a retweet anymore. It's a repost. Yeah, right. You know what the funny thing is too? X is still Twitter.com. It's not X.com or anything like that. So that's the one thing I really don't. I mean, I guess, you know, whatever. You, it can be your domain. I'm afraid if I went to X.com, I'd find out. That's something a that great I didn't point. Want, I so. just checked it out. It just sends you to Twitter.com. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does it really? Yeah. That was a bold move to type that in. At, it's at not work. my computer. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's a bold move. Okay, so he. He, he, no, but I think I, he put he, it on Instagram. Right, but if he tweeted he, it, now he, he X'd, X'd it. it I, or I believe it. so. I believe he X'd it, which just, of course, sounds terrible. And I, I feel like every single, I mean, if you watch ESPN or anything, you know, whatever, people, everybody is struggling with this. Like everybody has to do the Twitter. Uh, uh, I, I mean, X. It's yes. just it's uh, become incredibly annoying. Quick, quick story time. Oh, tweets are now posts. Okay. Uh. Tweets are now posts, so instead of the tweet button, it's a post button. But some users are suggesting zeets instead of tweets. Zeets? Zeets. 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 X-E-E-T-S. Zeets. I hate it's that better so than, much. That's better than X'd. Or- I guess. I mean, yeah, I, I guess. That, that reminds me, though, also, isn't like Elon, we were talking about this on the afternoon show yesterday as well, isn't Elon's kid like something weird, like... <laughs> like a Z or something like that. Like their name is like A E X something. Like it's like a it's like a math equation instead of it actually. Just for being a lot to look it up, I'm sure. He'll yeah. have the answer before it's I can. X. Even, yeah. And then like that one symbol that's like an A and an E combined. Yeah. 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 A dash X I I. Yeah. Like what is that? Like how do you pronounce? I don't know. Elon don't is know. just, he's trying to mess up our vocabulary. That's the point. It's pronounced Sidere. Sidere? Sidere. Sidere oh, okay. E. That's what I thought. I saw another one yesterday. We'll get back to the 49ers. But speaking of practice, football practice, which mm-hmm. we're going to be, I saw a story, and I think it was just uh, NFL.com or something, and it was a, a headline, and they were talking about practice, 
and they abbreviated practice to prax. Like, so-and-so will be back what? at prax. And I was like, no, no that's no. not a thing. No. No, that's not something that needs to be abbreviated either. Practice? Yeah. No. Like, Bailey Zappi will be back at Prax next week. It's like, no. No, no. We talking Prax? <laughs> we talking Prax? Not a game. I was not wondering if you guys prax. had heard that. Okay. No, I've never heard that. Maybe that's a, a new new kid thing or something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what the high schoolers hopefully are Hopefully it fades it away because it's just, it's a, yeah. Prax, no. And is it P-R-A-T or C-T? P-R-A-X, Prax. Prax. Hey, we got Prax today, you no, know. No, no, no. All right, I'm with I'm you. Out. I was just I'm wondering. I'm so out on that. No. I, I, I'm with you. Yeah. Why yeah. do you think it is that uh, we have so much drama around these 49ers? You know, when a team wins a Super Bowl, there's always drama because it's hard to keep the team together. Right. And we got a Super Bowl hangover. This team hasn't won anything, and yet we've got the drama now over Bosa. Are they going to sign him? We thought we'd sign him by now. And uh, also, well, we're not going to trade him. You got Jimmy G sniping at Kyle and Kyle having to answer that. <laughs> you got kicker drama. How does a team that's never won anything have this much drama before the stinking season even starts? I, I have no idea. There's really not a good excuse. I mean, sometimes, you know, with success, like you're kind of met, like with success does come a, a bit of drama because there's tons of expectations and Maybe yeah, I see maybe that. it's because the Niners have been so close that it's almost like there's no other option but Super Bowl. I mean, every other team is kind of just talking about making the playoffs or having a successful season, whatever that looks like. But for the 49ers, the goal is is clear and, and singular. It is get to the Super Bowl, I guess, but but mainly win the Super Bowl. I mean, there's really no other option for this season to be considered a success. So maybe that's factoring into it. But honestly, I think that's that's frankly giving the Niners too much credit. They've done a really bad job of just from a PR perspective, this entire yep. off season, like just, it, it, it's not their PR team, but it's really John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan as, the as a collective. Terrible. I mean, they, they just, every single turn has been terrible. I mean, taking a, a kicker in the third round, you have to know that that's a, a really bold thing to do. And, you're going to put a lot of pressure on him. And I guess that's not, but you know, just that entire kicker situation when you go from a guy who's so solid to going to this guy who I'm sorry, Whitey, I'm going to bring up Moody's college stats, but like they're sketchy. Like they're a little bit. You don't sketchy. even have to go back that far. You can just mention his preseason. Yeah, exactly. Stats. Like in all fairness, it, it's sketchy. And then when you're going to bring in four quarterbacks, you sign Sam Darnold, you promise that Brock Purdy is going to be ready in training camp, which he was, but there's just so much talk and drama around the team. The Nick Bosa extension, all of this. It's just, it's incredibly avoidable. It doesn't have to be like this. And they've just made this entire, I mean, but it feels like this is what they do. I mean, last offseason we were talking about the Jimmy G and, and him literally practicing on the side of the field as the rest of the team practices. It almost feels like it's just baked into to this organization for whatever, or, or at least the, these guys in the front office and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, like they just don't really know how to how to keep keep drama out of here. I think it's this as well as all that. I think that there is some resentment towards Kyle and John Lynch, but really Kyle because he's the one who runs the show and he runs things in in a way that seem arrogant. And maybe that's just the way he is. You, right. know, you want you want your coach and the guy running the show to be confident, but I do think that. Since the 49ers have started having success, some members of the media and people around the league have looked at them and said, oh, they think they're so smart. Yes. Well, you watch what's going to happen. So people have been waiting for them to fail. Not just failing to win a Super Bowl, because, you know, they've been pretty good. But the 
the Trey Lance mess opened the door to a lot of those people mm-hmm. saying, ha ha, right. what happened? You're so smart. Right. This blew up in your faces. Right. I mean, people are enjoying that. Some people are enjoying that. Yeah. And that's, that's also not fair, but I think you kind of pointed out why people are enjoying it. Like Kyle does have a definite amount of like a, a significant amount of arrogance to him. I mean, even yesterday, I don't know if you saw the press conference, but when they asked him about, so I, one of the reporters, sorry, I don't know who it was, but he was like, how would you describe this situation? And Kyle gets really, I don't, I guess I would probably psychoanalyze and say it was defensive. He probably thought it was, he was, you know, being clever and, and turning the question on the reporter, but he clearly was offended by the question. It was like, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't say it's it's a bad situation. I would say it's I would, weird. It's just unusual. It's unique, yeah. I, I think, believe. I think yeah. Mayoko was involved in some of that. And Mayoko is right. not one of these guys who's going to go after anybody. Exactly. And it was just, uh, he just always has this, like, snark to his answers when he feels like, you know, I, I just, I know so much more information than you. And, like, nobody wants to be talked about like that. And I think, you know, there is an element of, in this sports environment we are where if you haven't won uh, the on the greatest stage, you yeah. kind of That's don't great. have the right well, to be talk. that ignorant. Yeah, exactly. Or, I'm okay. sorry, that arrogant. Yeah, pardon me. I, no, I didn't no, mean no, to step good. on you. Yeah, it's a matter of that's great talk. Oh boy, you guys are impressive. When are you gonna win something? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like you can you can, you know, mouth off reporters or or you know, like Bill Belichick does. You can that's that's a stupid question. We're on to Cincinnati. Like you can do that when you've won Super Bowls, multiple Super Bowls, and, and you know, people will laugh it off or say, you know, oh, it doesn't matter because as long as he's winning, but you know, if you're not reaching success, you're going to upset a lot of people with how you treat them. And that's kind of where the human element of, of media versus, you know, the subjects that they're covering kind of comes in because nobody wants to be talked down to. And Kyle kind of always talks down to reporters and, and you're just not ever going to get favorable treatment when you treat people. Like I think that. you hit the nail on the head. It may not be fair, but Kyle comes across that way to people. So there's resentment and then people uh, when something doesn't go well for the Niners, people enjoy pointing that out. That, hey, I thought you right. were so smart. And the 49ers do a great job of just ignoring the noise. Doesn't matter. But there's been so much of it that this week it's actually crept into the press conferences. Right, absolutely. So they've actually had to deal with it, which just makes it look worse. Right, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's seeped in. And, I, yeah, I mean, they they've again, they've just done a really bad job of handling all of this situation and – I don't imagine Kyle will be spending a lot more time. Mm-mm. Tim Kawakami wrote about this on the Jimmy stuff. I think he yeah. said what he said yesterday, yeah. and now it's going to be like, we're done with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seemed like he was already, he didn't want those <laughs> questions in the first place. And uh, yeah, I mean, their their relationship is just, it's, it's something that I can't wait for some tell all book to come out at some point where Jimmy really is just like, that guy is. I, tons of words that you can't say on radio. I, I know we got to break that. Yeah. That's why uh, Stephen A. When he says Jimmy needs to shut up, it's like no, no, keep talking. <laughs> yeah, please. This is interesting. Yeah, I want to know what it was like. <laughs> uh, coming up next here, the 49ers say, "Oh, we won't trade Bosa," but then why haven't they signed him yet? As the drama continues in this 49er preseason, it's Whitey and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Yeah, lots of drama surrounding the 49ers this preseason. Kicker drama, quarterback drama, of course. 
I mean, that's part of every 49er season with oh, Kyle yeah. Shanahan as a coach, right? There's going to be some kind of quarterback yeah. drama. Wouldn't be the same. Some Wouldn't kind of like, same. wait, what? Yeah. Who's playing now? Yeah, exactly. CJ Beathard? Wait, wait, what? Wait, Nick Mo- And now then Jimmy G and just... It's been a, it's been a circus. But, uh, you know, Kyle... Kyle assures us now that he's got the real deal behind quarterback. And, uh, I mean, if he's right and if they win, it's fine. And all this no noise goes away. Right. It was kind of funny yesterday. I think somebody also asked, it might have been Matt Mayoko in that same uh, back and forth that we were talking about earlier. I think it was Matt Mayoko immediately after that, but they were like, so it seems like, you know, yeah, are we, are we kind of past this now with Brock? And, Still was very uncommittal of like, yeah, Brock's gonna be our guy for the next four or five years or whatever. Just kind of, yeah, you know, it'll, you know, we'll 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 take it year by. Year. And it's just like, man, it just doesn't feel like it's gonna end. Maybe Kyler Murray will be the uh, Niners quarterback next year. You love I do, I do, especially when it comes to the Niners. I have, I said this yesterday. Uh, either Kyler or Stafford's gonna replace Dak eventually. Ooh. Not this year, but. After this, season. Stafford feels like a good call too. I yes, mean, I haven't really Texas even guy. thought about him. I feel like the Rams too are really sneakily under, like they should be thought of as a team that could just kind of call it in the middle of this. Like they, like you know, if things don't go well for them, they have so many young guys on their roster. It's like, why are we, why are we mm-hmm. trying to go eight and eight or whatever, eight and nine, nine and eight this year? Like, what's what's really the point in that for the Rams? So I don't know. Just it's it's going to be very interesting to see how. Uh, the rest of the Niners division shakes out because, you know, we still don't even know if this, I, I think the Seahawks are going to be okay again this year, but even then it's like, you know, is, is Geno Smith was, was last season a, a real thing? I don't know about you, but I don't think Arizona is going to be very competitive. Yeah. I'm going to go out on that limb with you. I'm going to also say that Arizona with, we don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. I mean, they, they cut Colt McCoy on cut day. I thought I Thought he was a shoe in to be their day one he would starter. Would have been if they were trying to win. He Who's would be their, their quarterback. Like they have Nick Toon or something like it's Clay Toon, some someone like that is their their number one well, quarterback. They just tra- no, I think the With other Josh guy's Dobbs gonna, too. Josh yeah. Dobbs is probably going to be the starter. But he got there like oh, two weeks yeah, ago. Like they just traded for him. It's like it'd be like if Trey Lance was going to be starting for for Dallas. I guess it's the Forty like, ers aren't the only team with drama right now. I I guess not. And you know the the you know I guess quarterback isn't a good drama to have. But you know the the Niners still their biggest concern is at this point seemingly still kicker and you know their defensive end who. It seems like the the biggest question is, is he going to get paid the most of any D-end of all time? Or is it just going to be, you know, or I'm sorry, the the most of any defensive player? Or is it just going to be the most of any edge rusher? Uh, Kyle Shanahan's comments on that were interesting yesterday. He said, we thought we would have it done by now. And I think someone asked him, well, well, would Bosa sit out the first game? And Kyle said, essentially he said, I can imagine that. I don't. I don't want to think about that. But you know, yeah. I guess he finally realizes or is willing to admit. You know, it's, it's kind of out of our hands. We're doing right. what we can. Everybody supposedly is working tirelessly. And here's what the numbers come down to. And you alluded to the whole Aaron Donald factor. According to the uh, Athletic, um, Bosa's contract. You got to figure it's going to be worth more than T.J. Watt, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Right. T.J. Watt, $28 million annually, currently the richest contract for an edge rusher. So clearly, Nick Bosa is worth more than that. Right. So it'd be more than that. However, you mentioned Aaron Donald. He has the largest contract of any defender in league history, and that's $31.7 million annually. Mm. So you got you know $3.7 million annually, and that's the gap 
presumably that they're trying to bridge here. And if the 49ers, I know a lot of people, and I, I'm, I'm in this camp too, a lot of us say, just pay them. Just pay but them. they can't. If they do that, then all of a sudden you got some tricky cap situations in 2024. Sure. And we know the 49ers have really managed the cap well. Yeah, but I mean, frankly, I mean, I, I don't think the 49ers have an excuse for not paying Nick Bosa whatever money that he wants because – this well, is what the, if he wants 35? I mean, we don't know what he's asking. Sure. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, if he's asking for something like 35, sure, you can imagine how that might might cause some pause. But at the same time, like, the Niners aren't paying their quarterbacks. And quarterbacks are usually where a huge percentage of most teams' cap goes. And when you have that major advantage, you just have to you have to capitalize that, on that as much as you can. And, you know, signing guys like Nick Bosa is exactly the kind of thing you should do when you have such a major advantage. Like, I, I think I saw Brock Purdy's contract structure the other day. He's not going to be making $1 million for another two years. Like, they, they need to take advantage of that. And, I mean, they've, they've – definitely compensated a good amount of their stars but warner and kittle sure i think their their response to that would probably be we have and we're trying to yeah but there's sure. only so far we can go sure with nick bosa and again we're kind of guessing on some right. of the numbers yeah absolutely but i i just think that this is this is the biggest piece like this is the most important piece i and agree this is the one that you you just have to nail down and you know yeah you might not but Nick knows that too, and so does his representation. Absolutely, absolutely, and I'm sure that's why they're trying to leak every single dollar that they can out of the Niners, which I, I really don't blame them for because Nick Bosa, you've talked about it a lot. Like he's the biggest piece to the Niners Super Bowl contention. I think so, and if they don't resign, like and even starting off the season week one, I could see it right now. If Nick Bosa doesn't play in week one, T.J. Watt's going to have. I mean, regardless of if Nick Bosa plays, but I could see T.J. Watt having two, three sacks in week one, and it's like that's why you just pay that man is because it's so valuable to have somebody off the edge like that who's just dominant that, you know, it's it's almost priceless, and, and Nick Bosa is their best defender without him. I mean, they, they, they just don't really have realistic Super Bowl aspirations. And, you know, all this drama that we've been talking about for weeks now. Yeah. Uh, if you're, let's say you're representing Nick Bosa, you see all that. And don't you on some level think, you know, it can't hurt to put a little more pressure on them because right now they need to do something positive. Yes. They need to sign my guy. Yeah. 100%. To make some of this go away. Absolutely. Some yeah. of these dark clouds are hanging over. They need to get those things out of here. Yeah. Signing my guy will do that. So, all right. How much is it worth to you? Yeah, the happiest man on earth right now is probably Nick Bosa's agent. Watching all of this quarterback drama, all of this sure. Kyle Shanahan back and forth with Jimmy G. All of this is great for Nick Bosa's agent because exactly what you said. Like, the 49ers need positive news more than any team in the NFL right now. Like, they need to spin a narrative of, okay, yes. Now, like, forget all of this other outside noise that we've been talking about for the 49ers. They just re-signed Nick Bosa. Let's talk about their Super Bowl aspirations because now that he's playing, he's on the field, we can realistically talk about this team as a Super Bowl contender. And until that happens, I mean, they just, you know, they, they can't really be taken it's, that seriously. It's serious. curious right now. I know Emil was just sharing with us. Emil Fergoso does a great job, SacktownSports.com. Without mentioning any names, Emil, who's been going down there and covering the Niners for a long time, he says there are some people that have covered the Niners for a long time 
who are getting a little frustrated with the way things have gone this year and the manner in which the 49ers have been less than transparent about some really important matters. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's the biggest matter. I mean, it's again, their best defensive player and, and their quarterback situation. They've just been keeping it really quiet on, on terms of like what they're actually thinking. And you know, it's, it's, they're not doing themselves any favors from uh you know fans feeling positive about the team or the media and i mean those are those are two really important sides to have on your team like you you need obviously you want the the fans to feel positive about how things are going and you know realistically besides the the talent that the niners have there's not really any reason to feel super positive about how the niners are entering this season i mean all of the drama that's happening Good on the the players for seemingly see, seeing to to block all of this stuff out, but at some point you have to imagine that all of this is going to come to a head, and and they're going to have to face all of the drama at some point. Things can change dramatically in a hurry in the sure, NFL. Winning cures all. Right, they win a few games, it's forgotten. That said, this more and more feels like an absolutely pivotal year for the Shanahan Lynch regime. Mm -hmm. If they don't get off to a good start, something happens like the Bosa things uh, continue to go sideways, and they don't do very well this year when it looks like everything's lined up for them to make a run this year. Beyond that, we don't know. Um, Then all of a sudden, I think their status could be uh, in jeopardy there in San Francisco. Absolutely. I think it's more likely that it's not, but this is an odd, odd look for them right now, and I think part of that is the pressure of, eventually this year winning something absolutely yeah you I don't think it's that far of a stretch to see how this could go really bad for them all in one year like this can completely turn on its head in one year and I think the one thing that again credit to the players but if the players start to kind of talk to each other and are like hey man like that's the key if they're all fine with this they're good exactly there's any of that hey if it starts to undermine the culture and how are we going to know that we're not yeah but you could see how um, well, players would wonder about something exactly in, in the sense that winning cures all. Losing starts to to arise mm-hmm. a lot of questions, and if you lose two or three in a row, or start off the season zero and two, or or whatever, I mean, if you go through a bad stretch in the middle of your year, those questions are going to come up naturally. Like you know, football has got a lot of players on their roster, and that's a lot of people standing on the sidelines who are you know upset or being like you know like this Kyle thing is. You know, I, I, I hear Trey's really ha- – oh, Jimmy Jimmy seems like he's having a blast over there in Vegas. Like, <laughs> may, maybe things – like, just it, just once start, players start talking, once you lose the locker room, I mean, that's really when, when you are in real trouble. Pay the man his money. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Up next, a New York Giant. Can you believe this? He says hard knocks ain't telling the whole story. Okay. You buying that? No. So no, next, I'm not. I'm <laughs> just year, not. Whitey and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Sacktown Sports app and listen to Whitey and Watkins on your smartphone. Whitey Gleason and Bronky Watkins with you. What do you think, Dr. Verlod? Uh, Bronky has softball tonight. Or... Oh, I was like, what? That's Bronchi. not Rick. <laughs> Bronky, yeah. It's a nickname. Yeah. 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 It's Recovering... like Brock Purdy's new nickname. Sure. Bronky, yeah. Recovering from uh, bronchitis acute, or viral bronchitis. Acute bronchitis. I I didn't know that, but yes. I don't. I'm not yes. surprised. Should he be playing softball tonight, Doctor Verlod? Uh, what position are you playing? Uh, I believe I'm playing either short or third today. I would say maybe go for catcher or first. <laughs> 
Would it help you if I told you that I played volleyball yesterday? Oh, wow. Yeah, it was in a very hot gym, too. It was very muggy. It, it did Do help. Do you want to get better? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is I mean, funny, huh, Rick? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, I definitely thought about it earlier today. I was like, you know... I feel like doctors probably would not recommend that I do this, but what did they I want tell to, you? So, or did you go? I'm, I went did you go a, like to the animal hospital? <laughs> We've got like the smoke in the air too, Chris. I think it's, it's for, better for the season. You just sit this one out instead yeah, of the whole season. Protect out. your average. I, it's probably not a great idea for anyone to be exerting themselves. Great point. Yeah, yeah. What is the air quality today? I saw it yesterday. It was like ridiculously, uh, ridiculously terrible. It was like 153, whatever that means. So but. after, you know, some lady takes her cats out of the office. Oh, it looks fine. Uh, out of the examining room. Then Chris goes in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's <laughs> exactly what happened. Uh, I mean, it was an urgent care, so I guess it wasn't like a primary health care physician. Oh, well, that's fine. Like, I mean, as long as they can take care of you. Oh, I mean, yeah. And they told you you're not contagious, They right? said I'm not contagious. They said uh, I don't need any any antibiotics they were just like it's a virus it'll pass uh you'll probably sound like garbage for a week or two and uh, i got a prescription for an inhaler and that was uh and then they right. sent me on my way and, and we're like are you feeling better yeah day by day i feel better like i actually like physically i feel fine it's just again when i laugh like it's it's the the phlegm that i just can't I can't pass really. So Christopher Lodge even that's shouldn't play any drops or anything because they they make you laugh sometimes. I mean, it's it doesn't hurt to laugh. It just sounds like garbage, which you know. Why are you the way that you are? I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at that. That's that's not funny at all. Uh, yeah. So I'm just gonna, you know, I'm uh, people are just gonna have to work with me for for a week or two. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. Yeah, I hate you so much. You know what I feel like I sound like? <laughs> Excuse me. Is uh, do you, do you watch uh, I think it's Toy Story two. The little uh, the penguin, like the uh, the squeak the I've, penguin yeah. that doesn't have its like Squeaker. squeak box anymore. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I'm. You what have I'm to know with. how crazy you sound right. Sound now. great. I sound great. I sound yeah. fantastic. I just can't. Does this, if you were like a penguin and it's, you had your squeak box, wouldn't you sound kind of like, what's that sound you make, that scary noise you no, make? No, no. Don't you? Isn't that you? The scare. I have the alarm. That- <laughs> That's the one. I, I've never heard a penguin sound like that before. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Dude, your references are out of control. Had <laughs> <laughs> you're feeling better. I feel I really do feel fine. It's just uh, I just sound terrible. And uh, I know you like I Harry just, Potter. <laughs> I, just, I just can't laugh because I just I sound I sound like a 95 year old smoking old man. But besides well, that, I'm great. Good, 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 good. Uh, you know who's not happy is Jihad Ward of the Giants. <coughs> Giants defensive end Jihad Ward. He did not like the way his uh, back and forth with uh, Aaron Rodgers was portrayed on Hard Knocks. Uh, what happened was Randall Cobb of the Jets, um, he actually ended up giving Bobby McCain of the Giants a, a, a concussion. Um, oh, with yeah. A, with a, yeah. an illegal block. And and the Jets were even like, what are you doing? It's not 2014. And they were actually kind of laughing about it. And Jihad Ward of the Giants says he was very upset, and the whole team was upset that that happened. So at one point he gets uh, towards Aaron Rodgers after play, at the end of a play, and there's a little back and forth. And Aaron Rodgers bumped him, and here's yeah. what it sounded like on Hard Knocks. Bro, that's that. 
Show some respect, bro. Come on, what the f is that? Five damn sets? I don't even know who you are, bro. I don't know who the f you are. You don't? I've never heard of you. Drops back, lobs one, front left pylon. It is caught, Garrett Wilson, and the Jets touchdown. Poke the bear, bro. I ain't doing that, bro. I'm not hurting you. Then I gave him the line that's uncomeback with the ball. I said, I don't even know who you are. And he said, he said, I don't know who you are. I said, bull. So Aaron Rodgers, don't poke the bear. So that, out of context, sounds like there's some guy right. who is trying to rough up Aaron Rodgers, right. and Aaron Rodgers, don't poke the bear. Right. Put him in his place. But Jihad Rodgers says, well, we were just really upset about what they did to, to my teammate. Quote, see, the thing is, they're going to entertain. They're going to show his part. HBO, whatever stuff is going on, hard knocks. They're going to show his part. <laughs> they weren't even in the whole scenario of what really went down. They're going to show his side of the story. It's all about Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day. They sign him. It is what it is. They're going to show his part and make me look like a sucker, but I ain't going for that. My yeah, side of the story is I'm not going to let none of my teammates be back down like that. I'm going to ride for my teammates. So whose story are you buying? There? I think I this, is, uh, this is a classic case of when keeping it real goes wrong. Uh, and uh, I think – I think this dude was just, yeah, he was trying to make a statement, but it was, uh, he he really did poke the bear, and like, you shouldn't, uh, granted. He's in over his skis a little bit, maybe, huh? Yeah. Well, I don't know where, who you are. Yeah, it's well, like. Well, it's Aaron Rodgers, dude, everybody knows Again, <laughs> yeah, like, if it were Kenny Pickett or something, maybe, sure, that, maybe that insult hits a little harder, but like, it's Aaron freaking Rodgers, man. Unfortunately, the man is undeniable, and uh, everyone knows who he is. It wasn't a good comeback, and, uh, you know, yeah, you might have been sticking up for your teammate, but. The last thing you want to do is 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 seriously like Aaron's. I hate to say this, but Aaron's actually right. Like you don't want why why poke the bear in that situation? Why are you getting in Aaron Rodgers' face like that? Like you you're, you're just gonna make him upset, and you know he's he you don't need him motivated in preseason. Uh, I'm not to condone I mean, violence, but if you're gonna send a message to someone, don't you send the message to Randall Cobb? Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Also, yeah, how about the guy who concussed your player? Not Aaron Rodgers. Like, send send a message to the 35-year-old receiver who just concussed your player in the preseason. Like, be mad at him. Don't be mad at Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. By the way, we, we talked Rogers about this side. a little bit yesterday. You know, the Jets imply, suggest that they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. No Hard Knocks team has ever gone to the Super Bowl. None. Really? Nobody ever, ever. That's a great stat. That's the Hard Knocks jinx. There used to be the Madden jinx where, like, everyone who was on the Madden cover would get hurt that season. Well, part of it is if you're a good team, you don't have to go on Hard Knocks. So that's sure. part of it. Right. The Jets actually went to the conference championship game and lost in a Hard Knocks year, but no team has ever been on Hard Knocks and then gone to the Super Bowl. Even so. gone. So not even, so winning out of the question completely. Oh. You just can't even make the dance. Right, so good luck. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, New York good, Jets. Good luck, guys. Uh, Rob Stats Guerrero is going to join us coming up here. Ooh. Big 49er guy, right? Yeah. What does he make of this 49er chaos? Mess. He joins us to explain next. Whitey and Watkins, Sacktown Sports.